Well, good day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the solid rock of the Word of God? So good to have you in the podcast. Thanks for tuning in, listening in, and hopefully this will be a blessing to you today. Uh, This is the end of a podcast week, and it's actually Hymn History Friday. So we're going to be concentrating on one of those Christmas carols that we often sing. Uh, Well, I think you probably often sing it or have sung it before, but I love Christmas carols. Uh, probably I'm one of those weirdos that starts playing them a little bit earlier than what most people would like, you know, around June. Uh, well, maybe not that early, but, uh, I enjoy listening to them because of what they remind me of. Uh, they give us particular focus on the, the wonderful gift of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to focus on one particular Christmas carol that deserves attention today, uh, it was related to me, actually, the history of it by a seminary teacher that I had. And I am so grateful because in our hymnals today, it's not often sung, but it is uh, it is a, a one that has great uh, meaning and great help for us today. The author of this particular song is Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. He's one of America's most well-loved poets. He was a man who had a particular gift for lyrics and for uh, for song, and he penned this particular uh, Christmas carol in Christmas at Christmas of in 1864. Uh, the name of this carol was originally t- entitled "The Christmas Bells." Uh, it actually has a very sad story behind it. Uh, and I think it'd be good for us to focus on that today and then learn some things from it. Well, he penned this Christmas carol in 1864, but three years prior in 1861, Longfellow went through a great tragedy because his wife, whose name was Fanny, was melting some sealing wax with a candle. And a few drops from that candle fell onto her dress and actually ignited her dress on fire. He tried to beat the flames out with his hands, and he was so badly burned across his face and arms and hands, and it ended up being all in vain, because Fanny ended up dying from her burns on the very next morning. He himself was so badly burned that he couldn't even attend the funeral. That was a tragic time in his life, and he was just in in brokenness and heartache. Well, at Christmas time of that year, 1861, he wrote how inexpressibly sad were the holidays to him because of what happened to his wife, that it was not a time of great joy to him, and he was just broken over this. Well, one year later, in 1862, his journal reads, quote, A Merry Christmas, say the children, but that is no more for me, unquote. Meanwhile, if many of you will remember your nation's history, uh, at least American history, uh, the Civil War was raging, having begun uh, in 1861. And that year, his son, Charles, a lieutenant with the Army of the Potomac, uh, was shot through the spine, and his son ended up being disabled for life. And so, with these things on his plate and wrenching his heart in Christmas of 1864, Wadsworth penned the lines of our hymn history today that we're looking at.
And most of you will know the Christmas Carol by its current title that we have in most hymn books, and that is, I Heard the Bells, uh, or the longer title, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. And when I'm looking at this, Wadsworth penned the following lines in the first two stanzas. Now, after in our hymn book, after verse 2, there are actually three lines missing from our hymn book two of which we actually never sing because they're not usually included uh, in, in the hymn itself. So it goes like this. The ones that are not included sound like this. Then from each black accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south. And with the sound, the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And then it goes on in the next one. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And then the third stanza that we traditionally sing goes, And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Well, you can obviously hear the sorrow that's in the heart and uh, uh, in the pen of Longfellow. He knew the Bible well enough, though, that he was rescued from such deep despair, such heartache from the war, from the loss of his wife, from the disablement of his son. Uh, he knew his Bible well enough to be able to write the next stanza, and it goes like this. Then pealed the bells more loud and, and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Um, what a great, uh, uh, there is a stanza after that, but it begins, there's a change, there's a shift there in the hymn itself. The story is particularly pointed to us, I think, today, because all of us can testify to occasionally being overwhelmed by the hate in this world as well as the notion that wrong often prevails. We get that impression so frequently because of the negativity and the, the brokenness of the human race, and in particular as we're seeing our nation crumble and leave its moorings as a Christian nation. Uh, I wasn't in the ministry very long before it became so vivid to me that there is hardly a family anywhere where people don't suffer and know hurt and pain because of the unrighteousness and the failings of maybe some family member, or if not family members, then life does. Uh, it may be oppression by an employer. Uh, it may be to be treated carelessly by those that you work for. I've had people lose their jobs because they insisted on being in God's house on the Lord's Day rather than been bullied into working seven days a week. There are women in my ministry who have suffered under the hard spirit or broken vows of a husband. There are children who are bewildered and mistrustful because they don't understand the betrayal of that parent that was supposed to love them unconditionally. But you know what? 
All of that is just a miniature of what people all over the world have been experiencing throughout the history of the world. Nothing is new. It just continues the same tune. I look around even this past week and the atrocities uh, the way another human being can treat another human being that's made in the image of God, the brutality, the genocide, the unspeakable indignity all around us. Uh, you know, pick up a newspaper and you'll be able to see that. And that's why this song, I think, resonates with people. If you really sing it, rather than being a mindless Christmas carol that you don't pay much attention to, if you really listen to those words, it will echo in your heart. It is the truth, even as it is now, not just back in Longfellow's day. But today, the good news of this joyous time of the season is to know as Christian people, uh, the people who know the Lord, that we can have great joy. That's why we rejoice uh, this time of the year. We sing these carols. We're, we we look at the hope and the the, uh, the the we're filled with gladness at the news of the coming of God's Son. But there's always that issue, that catch in our spirit, that we live in a broken world and it suffers inexpressibly because of the sin that it is consumed with. But I want to remind you today. That when Wadsworth said, excuse me, when Longfellow said what he did in this hymn, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. He's not dead in your life either, because you know the wrong will fail and the right will prevail with peace on earth, good will torment. So that in the last stanza of this hymn, it says, till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolves from night to day. A voice, a chime, <clears throat> a chant sublime <clears throat> of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Do you have that peace uh, in your heart today in knowing the Savior? God bless you. We're going to continue to look at hymn histories of carols throughout this season. But today, if you've got a darkness, that gloominess that hangs over your soul because of the betrayal or brokenness of something in your life, let me just encourage you, put your eyes on Christ. The birth of that Christ child is what can fix all things in this life and the next. May God bless you. Walk with the Lord and keep your eyes on Him. We'll see you next time.